Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Grab your seat. We've been in a series called Family Matters for now, this is week number three. And we've been talking about foundations matter. Someone say foundations matter. We've talked about wisdom matters. We've talked about truth matters. I want to talk to you today along this thought that self-control matters. The title of my talk is The Sandwich. Brought to you by Suprema. Restaurant on Park Avenue in Rutherford. Actually, if you want the best sandwich around, I think it's right there. You might think different. You might be like, Pastor Anthony, I come up to you after service and you, you sell me on your sandwich place, but I'm telling you right now, you got to check out Suprema. This is free marketing for them. I've been thinking about sandwiches. How about you? No? Well, I have. I've been thinking a lot about sandwiches. Sandwiches are an amazing thing because obviously there's some chicken in here, a little cheese, little lettuce, tomatoes, and probably some little spices and tomatoes. (laughs) I'm not where you're from. And, but the sandwich is an amazing thing because the bread... Take away the bread and you don't really have a sandwich, do you? You have some chicken, you have some tomatoes. <laughs> have a little lettuce. You have some protein. <laughs> a little cheese on top, it's good. Drop some stuff. It's funny, I was talking to someone the other day. And they said, Anthony, I've lost my peace. I've lost my peace. What's interesting is the conversation we were having was actually first about how a lot of their life had lost, a certain area of their life had lost self-control. What's interesting in the scriptures in Galatians chapter 5, it speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. Someone say the fruit. There are nine particular fruits of the Spirit. There are nine particular gifts of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here's what I believe about your life and my life. Here's what I believe about families. Is we all want love, but we don't actually realize that love and self-control hold the good stuff in relationships. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. It's like love and self-control are together. They hang out while I spit my food. (laughs) The front row just got some holy suprema. My wife just encouraged me. (laughs) 
I had to do it for you. I had to. What's interesting is that she said to me, I lost my piece. Before she lost her piece of chicken, before she lost her lettuce, before she lost her tomatoes, you know what she lost first? Her self-control. Because it is love and self-control that actually hold the sandwich of families. It is love and self-control. For some reason, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I, and I was like, man, I, I feel like I'm onto something here. And then I heard Joyce Meyer talk about the same thing. And she was like, they are bookends. And when Joyce said it's bookends, I was like, I'm onto something. <laughs> Joyce can preach the Word. Yeah. Let's dive into this scripture. So I say, Galatians chapter 5. This is the Holy Spirit speaking, so pay attention. Someone say, pay attention. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We all have desires, don't we? We all have desires, whether that's greed or lust or all kinds of different things. We all have sinful desires, and a Christian is not immune to them. A Christian is not separate from them. You know, I just become a Christian and someone's like, now you're Gabriel. (laughs) You'll have no ungodly desires. No, actually, sometimes some of your desires wake up. Weirdly enough, because then you know what's wrong. And when you know what's wrong, your conscience wakes up. You used to do whatever you wanted to do and then you found Jesus. Like, how come I'm getting weirdly tempted? I talked to someone the other day and he was like, I'm on Instagram and no one used to hit me up and say, hey, let's hang out. Then I became a Christian and all these girls are hitting me up. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Brother's trying to live for Jesus and all of a sudden some girls are like, oh, he's trying to live for Jesus? For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict. Someone say conflict. With each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. In other words, your feelings are not to determine whatever you want. But I'm to surrender my feelings. I'm to surrender my thoughts. I'm to surrender my desires. I'm to surrender that to His Lordship. I'm going to ask Him to fill me so He can ooze out of me. Then it goes on to say this, but if you're, not, if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then he begins to identify what is the flesh. And he says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, sorry, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And he begins to list about 15 different things. Sexual immorality. Under the umbrella of sexual immorality in the Scriptures, here's the thing about um, the Scriptures. I don't get to make up the standard of God. I wish I did. And you wish you did. You're like, Lord, do you approve of whatever I do? And you're like, you're hoping he says yes. Here's the thing, he doesn't. Here's the thing, God loves you. He may not love your ideology. God loves you. He may not love your philosophy. God loves you. He may not love what you do. 
God is so big and holy that he can distinguish and separate what you do from who you are and still love you the same, but say, son, daughter, you need to leave that. The Bible says this, it says, for the the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, people going off their head on Route 21 at six o'clock in the morning. Fits of rage. I was heading the gym the other day, it's five to six in the morning, it was lightly snowing, so I'm going slow, the lady behind me was sitting on my tail. I hate when someone sits on my tail, especially when it's snowing. Because yes. you're crazy, yes. right? Why are you doing that? So I gently pump the brakes to let her know I don't appreciate you being so close. <laughs> Just gently. I didn't slam on the brakes. I gently pump the brakes. Lights. Hey, I see you. Back off. She overtakes me, then comes in front of me, slows down to 20 miles an hour on 21 South. And I'm like, what is she doing? Is she crazy? I go to the left, she goes to the left. I'm like, this woman's wild. I go more to the left, she goes more to the left. I was like, holy cow. She hangs her body out the window, starts saying all kinds of things like, I love you, I like you. Four letter words, a lot of them love and like. And I was like, it's five to six in the morning. How can you be this mad already? We just got up. Fits of rage. Ain't just the men, is it? Selfish ambition, dissensions and factions and envy. Envy. Envy's a funny one, isn't it? Envy. Envious of people got more than you. Envious of them. Envy. Weird thing is, I feel like we've created a culture of envy in our house, in our, in our culture. Because we watch people on Instagram. And then, if you don't have as much as them, you envy them. And then, governmental and political figures make it like, the rich are bad. But they've caused you to watch them, envy them, and they're easy to isolate. Aren't they? Isn't it funny that you never think someone else envies you? Like, think about it. Third world country, they wish they were you. Second world country watches you on Instagram. They're like, oh my gosh, they have so much opportunity in America. And yet envy will get you to say, I have no opportunity. If they heard us say we have no opportunity, they'd be like, you smoking drugs? Are you like that woman on Route 21? (laughs) You crazy. And he says this, I warn you. Someone say, I warn you. I warn you you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Tough verse. But sometimes you've got to listen to the verse. Actually, all the time you've got to listen to the verse. Paul is saying, hey, this is how people live 
He says, that's not how someone who follows Christ lives. He may struggle with lots of those things, but he is not to sit in that and say, yes, I'm gonna be an envious person. Yes, I'm gonna be the Christian for adultery. Yes, I'm gonna be this. You're like, what? Are you smoking? Because you're not listening to scripture. He says, I warn you as I did before that you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Do you know sometimes I worry about Christians who say they're Christians and never change? As a pastor, I worry about Christians sometimes who say they're Christians yet never leave anything. Let me just quote Jesus for you. Matthew chapter seven. Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will inherit the kingdom of heaven. He says, but only he who does the will of my father What's this now? Scary verse, but Jesus said it, so we better pay attention. Many will say unto me in that day, what's that day? The day when God actually judges your life at the end of your life. Many will say unto me in that day, did I not do this in your name? And did I not do this in your name? And he will say, depart from me. You work of iniquity. He said, I never knew you. You thought you knew me. You didn't know me. That has to hit you sometimes. Which means I can't just do whatever I want to do. The grace of God makes me holy. The grace of God causes me to live differently. The grace of God causes me to live differently. How can I say I have the Spirit of Christ and never change? I remember the day when I walked forward to church and someone prayed for me and I remember thinking to myself, I don't get drunk anymore. changed my heart went God I want to follow you if my heart never changes if my heart never says God I want to follow you Jesus says you're in trouble now he goes on to say this but the fruit someone say the fruit the fruit of the spirit it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control the longer I live the longer I believe that self-control is my friend. The longer I live, hear me now, the longer I live, the longer I am convinced that self-control is my friend. It's a friend of my health. Someone say amen. amen. It's a friend of my finances, right? It's a friend of my retirement one day. Right? It's a friend to the kind of person I want to be in marriage. It's a friend to the kind of person I want to be as a dad. Self-control is and always will be my friend. We're getting quiet. Let me give you a line here that's, I think, worth thinking about, meditating on, and allowing it to produce something in your life. Self-control is the lifelong assignment to keep you under control so life doesn't spin out of control. Let me say that again. Self-control is the lifelong assignment to keep you under control so you are not out of control. You don't graduate from self-control. You don't one day just go, I got the badge, I don't need it anymore. Actually, I found like it's like a sandwich. My self-control has got to be fresh like this bread. My love has to be fresh. And I've found sometimes, sometimes I'm living off a year ago's self-control. 
And I need to bring today self-control into now so that my sandwich, my family, my Christianity, my faith, it's fresh. There's, it's fresh about it. I, it. There's no point me saying I used to read the Bible. I used to give, I used to go to the gym, I used to be healthy, I used to watch what I watch, but now I've graduated self-control and now I get to watch whatever I want to watch. Self-control is the lifelong assignment. Here's the reality of being an adult. You have to parent yourself. Let me say this to every man in here. The lifelong assignment, man. You have to parent you. Remember when daddy and mommy used to kick your tail? Now you have to kick your tail. That's why you show up to transform. Because you realize you need an environment of self-control. A lot of people ruin their lives in the wrong environment. We don't do well in an out-of-control environment. Go to Vegas. Just hang out there for a year. See how well your life goes. Go to spring break and just treat life like it's spring break for four years and you'll be out of control. I was talking to a young man in the foyer just after our last service. He was like, man, you guys are helping me so much because I just didn't get this as I was growing up. And I'm like, that's right, son. That's right. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah. Listen to what Proverbs 25, 28 says. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man or person or woman who lacks. Another translation said this. A person without self-control is like a breached city, one with no walls. Let me encourage you with something. You are self-controlled in certain areas of your life someone say certain areas areas. I was with someone recently and he's a really good cook he's a beast at it he's very particular in what he does and he was cutting the lettuce (laughs) like this and I was watching him and I felt like I was observing a professional cook you know the kind of person they're so good at cooking there's no point going out to eat Like this is that person because unless they go to a super high-end restaurant, they're not satisfied anyway because their cooking is better than that. He was just chopping this stuff and I was like, look at this guy. (laughs) Here's what's funny is you are often self-controlled in the area you do well at. You might be self-controlled in your cooking because you got skills in it. You might be self-controlled as a singer. You might be self-controlled in your money. Some of you guys are self-controlled in your health, in your body. You can be a personal trainer. Some of you are self-controlled as an administrator. But let me just encourage you with this thought. If you are self-controlled in one area of your life or two areas of your life, you can then become a person of self-control. You can grow. You can get better. Because I think often we embrace disempowering thoughts in our lives. Listen to what Keith Craft said. He's an author, he's a pastor, he's a leader. Actually, this isn't what he said, but I quoted him and I made my own stuff from it. (laughs) He talked in a talk on empowering beliefs and disempowering beliefs. Let me me illustrate it when it comes to self-control. A disempowering belief would say this. 
Only certain people have self-control and I'm not just one of them. Have you ever said that before? You're like, oh, you're one of those people. You like despise the people who have self-control. You know when someone's like really good at their health and someone else ain't, you're like, oh, I'll never be like you. <laughs> I could never be like you. <laughs> but it's a disempowering belief because you're probably quite self-controlled at what you're good at. But here's an empowering belief. I am growing in self-control by taking responsibility for my actions. Someone say that with me. I am growing in self-control by taking responsibility for my actions. Who is responsible for your actions? Come on, someone say me. Now, isn't it easy to blame someone else? When Adam and Eve fell, the first thing God does is ask Adam the question, Adam, where are you? He says, what have you done? He says, the woman. (laughs) And marriages have been doing that ever since. (laughs) The woman, the man, the woman, the man. And then eventually you'll meet with a counsellor and the counsellor will go, it's your fault. (laughs) And you just paid him money to tell you it's your fault. I want to save you some money today. It's your fault. I was having a conversation with my wife, I don't know, a year ago, a year and a half ago. How many know that good marriages still have conflict? Actually, a marriage that never has conflict probably doesn't talk. Ever. You stay on the couch, I'll stay here. Never talk. We were having a conversation and she was like, babe, I want to express some frustrations. It wasn't really what she said, but I got it. (laughs) And the funny thing was at the time, there was actually some things I wanted to talk about. But I did something I think I've never done before. I was like, I'm going to just shut up. I'm going to listen. Let's hear Right, let's just listen, let's listen, let's like, just shut up. Be quiet. Listen. Listen. I'm listening to Darren walk on stage. Give Darren a hand, by the way. Doesn't he do a great job? You're lucky you weren't about to attack me. I got a knife today, you know. (laughs) Security team might say to me, just keep that up there, Pastor. (laughs) We got an intense security team in our church. Yeah. You'd think there'd be an assassination attempt. But my wife and I were talking and, and she was like, hey, babe, we, we need to talk. And, and normally when a woman says that to a guy, he doesn't want to. <laughs> hey, let's talk. Like, so let me just encourage you with this thought, ladies. If you leave church today, as soon as you get in the car, oh, we need to have a conversation right now. He's like, I knew I shouldn't have gone. I knew it. I knew it. 
Family Matters series. My, my peace matters. My silence matters. <laughs> Someone dragged me to church today. Because <laughs> ladies who get out of church, I was, I was, I was uh, meeting someone for the very first time. And the woman's like, you know, Pastor, you need to talk to him. I was like, we just met. <laughs> Don't do that to him. Talk well of him. He benches 400 pounds. Whatever he does well. Tell me that. Don't tell me like he needs a conversation. Because he's looking. I just had to go. I need to shut up. Self-control. Listen, what's the major complaint? Hear me now. Now here's the thing. What's the major complaint of the relationship? What's the major complaint? If she says you give her no time, you probably don't give her any time. We don't talk no more. You probably don't talk anymore. My wife grew up Portuguese. How many of Portuguese houses are clean? Like, like clean. Like blue tile, white tile everywhere. Just... They never thought they left Portugal. They did, but they just came here, you know? <laughs> she grew up in a home where the mother's full-time job was to clean the house full-time. You walk out of the kitchen, she's like mopping the floor behind you. As soon as you walk in the house, take shoes off. I'm like, all right. I didn't step in dog poo, but whatever. I came from a house, we were a little more laid back. We had five dogs. <laughs> My mom didn't mind if they peed on the floor sometimes. I'm like, can we not have our house smell like pee? She's like, it's okay. <laughs> we moved 17 times in 17 years. Moved from house to house to house, lots of houses, and never owned a home, rented a home, and we weren't that neat. So do you think growing up from a Portuguese mother to a messy home, do you think there was ever conflict? <laughs> and if she says you are messy all the time, guess what? You are. And the thing is, what we do as people, we get defensive about it. I picked up that one time. How many know that picking up, it has to happen every day? It's called the mundane of life, baby. It's like, I gotta clean the kitchen again? Yeah, every day. You need self control. You're gonna need self control in your sex. You're single in here, like, ah, I'll worry about that later. Listen to me, the best advice I can give you get self control now. Yeah. When's now? Now. <laughs> Can't do nothing. You can do nothing about the past. Nothing. The longer I live, the more I actually thankful that my mother would not let us watch certain shows. She'd fast forward scenes. She'd turn off movies. You ain't watching that. We're like, mom, that's just old fashioned. No, it's porn. It's two people having sex with one another in front of your eyes. That 
that image stays with you sometimes for years and so you got to ask God to wash your mind you got to fast forward some stuff. You got to turn off some stuff. You got to get accountable with someone on some stuff. Like if you're watching that all the time and, and listen, here's the shocker. So many people are so accessible. Treat it like it's Pandora's box. Don't open that thing. But if you have, you have to tell someone. You have to be accountable to someone because it'll burn down your house. It will burn the house to the ground. It's just true. It's true. But you know the great feeling of living free of that? Living free of that? No guilt about it? Freedom about that? That blesses your life. It blesses your marriage. It blesses your family. It blesses your thinking. Doesn't mean lust is never there or inviting, but no, you're self-controlled. You just say, I don't watch that crap. You need, you need self-control in your spending. If you have a spending problem, you have a contentment problem. If you have a spending problem, you have a contentment problem. If you have an addiction problem, you have an emotion problem. And you need to build healthy addictions. What's a healthy addiction? I like coffee every morning. I don't go a morning without coffee. That's a good addiction, right? I drink seltzer every day. I found that new addiction. I love the addiction of seltzer. Helps me. Seltzer, soda water, seltzer, water with bubbles, no calories, a little bit of flavor. Fills the belly, makes you feel good. It's a healthy addiction, right? Exercise is actually a healthy addiction. Walking, getting outside, going to the gym, basketball, all that. It's a healthy actual addiction. Your body craves it. And some of you are like, trust me, it never craves it. (laughs) The more you do it, the more you crave it. Here's the thing too. The more you read the Bible, the more you crave to read the Bible. It's true. Like if I read it and read it and read it, and then if I'm like, man, I haven't read it as much recently. It's a craving for something good. Peter told the church, he said, like newborn babies crave the pure spiritual milk of the word that by it you may grow. You need uh, self-control in your communication. James 1.19 says this, it says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. He's kind of saying in a nice way, shut up. <laughs> listen and be quiet. Slow to become angry. Taking responsibility is the antidote to defensiveness. I heard a mentor say to me recently, responsibility is the antidote to defensiveness. How many of you have ever gotten defensive in any kind of relational squabble? Say yes. Yes. 
Come on, I need all people looking like they're Pentecostal in the house, just like two hands up like this, okay? Seriously, how many of you have ever gotten defensive when someone's talking about something you need to change? Here's what a mentor said. He said, responsibility of that thing is the antidote to defensiveness. Just own it. I was out of line. I talked bad. I was rude. I was messy. I didn't value you. Own it. Own it. What does Christ ask of you and for me when we become a Christian? Own that you are absent from me. I've already taken responsibility for your sin and failure and moral mess ups. I'm taking responsibility for you. I'm just asking you admit it. And then I'm saying, be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord. Come on all across this place, close your eyes. Father, I just thank you for every man here. I thank you for every woman here. I thank you for their families, those that they've come from, their mothers, their fathers, their cousins, their uncles, the families that they have, the children that they have the people that have become family to them. I ask you in the name of Jesus, help your people value self-control. Help me value self-control, not just now, but for years to come. Help your men, help your women value self-control so that they might live lives that truly matter. Prune attitudes and thinkings that would stop them and lure them and betray who you've called them to be. Father, I pray for people to receive you in truth and in grace, Lord. I ask for every heart now to be so open to you that those who are far from you, those who have never accepted you, that even right now, Jesus, they would feel your Holy Spirit tugging on their heart to say, come home, son, come home, daughter. Pray this simple prayer, say, Jesus, help me grow in self-control. Help me take responsibility for my life in every area. While eyes are closed, if you're in this place right now and you know you're either number one, you've never met God, you've never met Jesus. If I just say to you tonight, if you left this place and you are not promised tomorrow, if you leave this place and don't know Him, you have no confidence you'd go to heaven, you need to pray with me. If you're here in this place and you are, you call yourself a Christian, but you've embraced so many things that Jesus would say, no son, you can't have that. I'm gonna ask you to pray with me and form with me today. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I take responsibility that I'm away from you, but thank you. You took responsibility for my mistakes, my sins, my failures, my rebellion on that cross. So right now, I put my faith 
in you right now. Would you change my life? I humble myself under your hand that you might exalt me. While eyes are closed, if you meant business with God, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to raise your hand, raise it up high. One, two, three, all across this place. Raise your hand, raise it up high. So I wanna pray with you and for you. Thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over. Just leave them up long enough, high enough for me to see them. I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm simply asking you to respond to the Spirit of Christ in this place. Thank you all the way in the back there, those two guys, that other guy over there that's awesome today. Thank you, sweetheart, today. That one over there, that's so good, so good. You can put your hand down. Father, I pray for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice right now, those who watch online, those that listen to this later in a podcast, in a car, at home, somewhere, Father, that You would bless them. But I pray for every person responding to You, surrendering their life to You. Jesus, would You bless them. Pour out Your Spirit upon their lives. Lord, strengthen them where they need it, Father. Lord, give them, Lord, the gracious gift of everlasting life, God. Open eyes and ears, I pray, in this house. I declare champions, Lord, in this place. I declare your men blessed, your women blessed, families blessed, in Jesus' Name. Come on, everyone said, come on.